Hello everyone. Welcome back to Good Fortune. It's me, your host, Jamie Wright. We're here to do yet another weekly astrology forecast. <laughs> this one is for Monday, November 27th through Sunday, December 3rd. Um, as always, if you're enjoying the pod, I'd love if you could rate, review, leave me comments, send me a DM. Um, and if you'd like to support the podcast in a monetary way, you can do so by becoming a paid subscriber to my Substack. The link to do so is in the show notes. Um, also, depending on when you're listening to this, I'm currently running my sort of once per year epic annual sale on readings. Um, it's going to go until Monday, November 27th at 11.59 p.m., so basically, end of day Monday, um, it's 11.59 p.m. Eastern. Um, that's going to be 30% off all full-length readings, so all 60 or 90-minute readings, and 20% off all gift cards. And you can use the gift card as an actual gift for a friend, or you can buy a gift card so that you can book your own reading later next year at the discounted price. Um, I pretty much never run discounts on gift cards. I've only ever done it one time before in a flash sale. So this is very rare. 30% um, off is also almost the highest sale I've ever done. It's very rare. It's a great deal. And this is the great time of year to be booking your year ahead check-in. If you're a Sagittarius or Capricorn, it's a great time to be booking your solar return. My books are open for all of December and all of January. Um, so you can grab a spot there and grab a spot with my sale if you're hearing this on Sunday or Monday. Um, and now for the forecast, we're just going to dive right into this. This week, honestly, you know, Monday the 27th, we have a full moon in Gemini. And this full moon in Gemini goes exact at 4.16 a.m. on Monday the 27th. So this full moon in Gemini is chaotic. It's confusing. It's overwhelming. Um, and a big part of that is because as we're reaching this Gemini full moon, which, you know, Gemini is the sign that's all about, you know, intellect and curiosity. It's an air sign. It's a mutable air sign. Geminis are known for going with the flow, for bringing the trickster energy, for having jokes. And when we're at a full moon in Gemini, we're usually at peak information overload for the year. And this is really complicated by the fact that Mercury, the ruler of Gemini, is currently still in Sagittarius, which is a sign that, you know, Mercury is in detriment or in exile in Sagittarius. You know, Sagittarius is another sign that has the jokes, that goes with the flow, that is really big picture focused, is not detail oriented, even though all Mercury wants is the details. Um, you know, I think Mercury and Sagittarius are brilliant writers, brilliant communicators, brilliant poets and artists, but, you know, they don't get to the point quickly. <laughs> There's usually a lot of language, a lot of flowery language. You know, you have to go on a whole journey around the world to get to the point with a Mercury and Sagittarius. 
And so this full moon that's already usually like information overload central is being ruled by this Mercury and Sagittarius. And on Monday, just after we have that full moon go exact at 4.16 a.m. Eastern, at 8.27 a.m. Eastern, we have the exact transit of Mercury square Neptune. Neptune being the planet of illusion and haze and confusion. And Mercury square Neptune, you know, that's a great aspect for writing poetry, singing a love song. It's a great aspect for taking a long nap or like having a long brainstorm meeting that goes nowhere. But again, it's an aspect that if you want clarity, you want details, you want to know what's going on, like, sorry, <laughs> it's not going to happen. And combined with, you know, the culminating full moon energy where it's like, we've reached this point in the lunar cycle where, you know, we're, we're at the peak, whatever was sort of seeded back at the new moon in Scorpio, which was on November 13th is now really peaking now is now being revealed. And we're also in conversation with the new moon in Gemini, which happened back in late June. I believe it was June 17th or 18th. That was the new moon in Gemini. And that new moon in Gemini was also exactly square Neptune. So both the Gemini lunations this year have this heavy Neptunian, hazy, illusory um, influence going on, this dreamy influence. And, you know, Geminis can be dreamers, but Geminis are also technicians. Um, Geminis are programmers. Geminis like the details. But with Neptune, it's like we nothing. We can't get the details straight. We can't get the information straight. And I really think Monday the 27th, talk about like coming back as people are in the United States from a long holiday break. This is like a huge, overwhelming, confusing day of coming back from a holiday break and just having a ton of things on the plate. But nothing really making sense. Um, it's definitely going to feel like a very, very overwhelming day. I'll, I'll say the one thing that this full moon has going for it is that the first aspect the moon makes after the opposition with the sun, which is what a full moon is, um, is a trine to Venus, which goes exact the next day on Tuesday. So the moon is sort of coming in to a relationship with a benefic planet um after the full moon goes exact but you know there's still overwhelm there's still confusion there's still haze and that's really going to be pervasive the entire day on monday like there's a cloud <laughs> hanging over everything on monday i actually got called for jury duty um, for Monday the 27th and I thought I was gonna have to do it because I already postponed and um, I saw I was like thinking about this full moon and thinking about what was going on and part of me was like well I might get put on like a really juicy fun interesting case but also like I do not have time for that right now like we're in the busiest season for my business um, but I did figure out that I could call and, uh, postpone to a later date. Um, and I think I'm actually going to end up getting called now around next year's new moon in Gemini. So TBD, we'll see how that goes. Um, but anyway, yeah, Monday, the 27th, overwhelming day. It's a day to like stay hydrated, <laughs> stay focused and just know this soon shall pass. 
Tuesday the 28th, the moon is still in Gemini. 12.54 p.m., we have the moon trine Venus. Um, and then at 4.29 p.m., we have the moon square Neptune. So on Tuesday, you know, Mercury is finally moving away from Neptune, but the moon is moving into Neptune. So uh, Tuesday might not be as intense, as overwhelming as Monday, but I'm seeing it as kind of a hangover day to Monday. Like whatever was dropped on your plate that really put you in a tizzy, We'll still be there on Tuesday. You'll maybe feel a little bit more in control or a little bit less overwhelmed, but you're still going to feel in it. Um, and at 8.03 p.m. Tuesday, the moon opposes Mercury, um, which again feels like overthinking, stress, like having too much on your plate, having too many ideas, not being able to relax. And that feeling is just going to be really present just all day on Tuesday. But after 8.03 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday, when the moon opposes Mercury, the moon then goes void for the rest of the night. So Tuesday night is definitely a night that I would plan to take it easy, relax, you know, go to bed early, get takeout, like, and maybe order the takeout before 8.03 p.m. because I find that when I buy food or when I order food, like I go grocery shopping or order food while the moon is void, there's always something slightly off <laughs> with the food. Um, but when the moon is void, you know, that's a good time to like have leftovers, have things that are already in your fridge or like get takeout a little bit earlier and eat that after 8 p.m. or, you know, eat it before 8 p.m. I'm just saying like Tuesday night is a night to just chill it's not the night to go out to dinner and meet friends or go on a date. It's a night to like sleep off the overwhelm that you were experiencing on Monday. Then we go into Wednesday the 29th. Overnight on Wednesday the 29th, the moon is going in to Cancer. And here's where we're starting to get some relief. You know, after the chaos comes the clarity. And also overnight on Wednesday the 29th, the moon trines Saturn. So we're getting the moon in Cancer where she's in her most like supportive, nurturing, comforting sign. And she's quickly making this trine to Saturn, you know, the planet of limits and discipline and responsibility, as if to say, okay, you were just really in the mess. Like I left you out in the rain and now we're coming home to dry off. We're coming home to get things in order. And I think especially if you give yourself space to really rest on Tuesday night, waking up and coming into Wednesday is going to feel um, like you're actually truly re refreshed or at least like ready to kind of start with a fr fresh slate. <laughs> um, 12, 16 p.m. on Wednesday, we have Venus conjunct the South Node. Um, so Venus is in Libra and has been for all of November and we're coming up to the very end of Venus's transit in Libra this week, and she's now conjoining the South Node, this place of decrease, this place of ritual, this place where we spiritualize things. Um, whenever a planet comes up with one of the nodes, be it the South Node or the North Node, we're running into fate. And Venus on the South Node really is, you know, it's speaking to this larger journey that we're in for the next year and a half with the South Node in Libra of, you know, curating and letting things go and taking a more editorial view of our relationships and our connections and our love and our art and our beauty. Um, 
I talk a lot about Venus on the opposite end of the spectrum. I talk a lot about Venus on the North Node because I have that placement in my birth chart. So I, it, I hold it very dear. And, you know, the North Node is this faded point that's more expulsive. Like Venus on the North Node is almost like vomiting art. It's like there's this hunger, there's this desire, there's this real sort of wild experimentation Whereas Venus on the South Node, you know, I think of people who have that placement in their birth chart is almost like you are an artist in your past life and you're coming into this life as, you know, an artist again. Um, but Venus on the South Node, it, I, I almost think of it as a person who very naturally like knows what people want and knows how to show up in relationship and knows how to be giving and caring to others. It's also a placement where, you know, you can get stuck in relationships. You can get stuck in connections. Um, and on an, like an artistic level, I find that like people with Venus conjunct the South node, it's almost like they start their career in this place of almost like they almost like come out of the womb <laughs> at like they're already cooked. They're already done at like peak fame and like, kind of slowly get more experimental as their lives go on and as their career goes on. Um, for example, you know, Florence Welch of Florence and the Machine, she has Venus and Libra conjunct the South Node. And I think of her, I've been thinking of her with this transit in opposition to someone like Lana Del Rey, who also has a dignified Venus but conjunct the North Node. And those, these are two women who have, you know, similar career, sort of, they're around the same age. I think they're about one year different in age. And um, just thinking about the way Lana Del Rey was received when she was first sort of coming out there. Um, Lana Del Rey's art is so much more expulsive. It's so much more like I'm vomiting out these ideas. I'm vomiting out these pop songs. I'm going to give you like an eight minute meandering pop song of like, shoegazy oozy americana whereas florence welch sort of like again it's like she came out of the womb and was like here's my perfect indie pop album please buy it um though and and like some might say that those two have almost like a similar kind of almost like maximalist venusian i don't know if maximalist is the right word but this sort of uh you know, triumphant, expansive, Venusian aesthetic and sound. Um, but the way it's presented and the way it's packaged, you know, Florence Welch has such this South Node sort of like, uh, I've already ritualized this. <laughs> I know how to do this. I know exactly what my fans want and how to show up for them. Whereas like someone like Lana Del Rey, I feel like it took her almost really like a decade into her career to really like settle into like, giving knowing what the audience wants and giving the audience what they want or like actually even just the audience accepting that this is what Lana Del Rey is going to give us um some other people who have a dignified Venus conjunct the south node um one of them is Zoe Deschanel as Venus and Pisces conjunct the south node and talk about someone who like sort of came out of the womb in this like very specific package, this like very specific Venusian package of like what her aesthetic is and the bangs and the way she speaks and the way she sings. Um, Paris Hilton has Venus conjunct the South Node. PJ Harvey has Venus conjunct the South Node. Jennifer Lawrence has Venus conjunct the South Node. 
Famously, Britney Spears has Venus conjunct the South Node, and she has Venus in Capricorn. She's also a Libra rising. So that Venus is, you know, the ruler of her chart. And I think I'm finally going to do my breakdown of <laughs> Britney's astrology um, that I can see through her memoir that she just published, The Woman in Me, and release it on this Wednesday for this Venus South Node transit. Um, also, the economist John Maynard Keynes has uh, Venus on the South Node, as well as Warren Buffett. Um, I almost think of that as like coming out of the womb, like being good at money, being because money commerce is also a Venusian thing. Um, but that's all to say that like this aspect coming up on Wednesday is another part of this clarity we're coming to and this release we're coming to and this like moment of like maybe having to let go of something you love, um, of someone you love, of a relationship, but doing it in a way that is loving, that is heart centered so that you can, you know, focus on you, focus on yourself. Um, and on Wednesday, you know, after we have that Venus South node transit, the moon is still in Cancer. And at 3.21 p.m., the moon sextiles Jupiter. And this is just, again, we're, we're in this, like, clarity after the chaos moment where I think it's like, okay, even though I had to let something go today, even though this week has been overwhelming, I can see the hope. I can see the optimism. I can feel things maybe hopefully turning around. Um... Then we go into Thursday the 30th. <laughs> so on Thursday the 30th, the moon is still in Cancer. And this is one of those days, unfortunately, even though I feel like Wednesday is a great day, even though sometimes Venus on the south node can be a little melancholy. You know, you have to let something go. You have to release. But it feels very, you know, productive. And it feels like, okay, I'm back on track. Thursday the 30th is one of those days where we're a little bit, we're in the muck again. We're in our feels. We start off the day 7.32 a.m. The moon squares Chiron, the wounded healer. We're coming up against these topics of healing and forgiveness and again, having to let things go. Um, then at 4.19 p.m. The moon sextiles Uranus. There's maybe a little shakeup. We're reminded of the ways we have to change. And at 11.07 p.m. on Thursday, the moon squares the nodes. And whenever, again, the moon, any planet coming up against the nodes, it's when we're, we're coming up against fate. We're coming up against a decision of, like, you know, embracing something and letting go of something else. And this whole day, Thursday, the moon is in this kind of voidy place. You know, the moon is not making connections with any of the close inner planets. It feels a little bit like... You know, we're almost, uh, we're sort of processing stuff. <laughs> we're processing, we're like feeling through the emotions. You know, Wednesday might be this more productive day, but Thursday we're kind of in that gnarly space of like, uh, okay, what's really happening here? I'm, I, I, this doesn't feel good, but it's in the way that change doesn't feel good. But <laughs> that doesn't mean, you know, that we shouldn't change. Um, Overnight, Thursday into Friday, the moon is still in Cancer. At 1.04 a.m., the moon trines Neptune. And then at 3.08 a.m., the moon squares Venus. 
Um, and both of those have a little bit more of this compassion energy to them, this heart opening energy to them. You know, it's happening overnight. I feel like with the moon eventually applying to Venus from Thursday into Friday, um, late night Thursday, you know, that's, it's a good night to relax. I think Thursday could potentially be a good date night, a good night to hang out with people, it just might feel a little bit twisty and caught up in some kind of some kind of larger story. I don't know. I, it feels like a heavy conversation happening on the date or on the friend hang. Um, and then Friday the 1st in the morning, 8.06 a.m. Eastern, the moon opposes Pluto and then goes void for two hours and 54 minutes. And the moon opposite Pluto, again, it's like, Moon and Cancer opposite Pluto and Capricorn. It's like these two kinds of power. You know, it's matriarchal power and patriarchal power coming into contact with each other. And like, you know, we're grinding. <laughs> Things are churning. Things feel uncomfortable. Um, and so Friday morning it is sort of, it's not necessarily a hangover, but it's a little bit of an emotionally uncomfortable place. But at 9.31 a.m. on Friday, this is where we really start to kind of get our life together after the chaos that started the week. Mercury finally leaves Sagittarius, which we love Mercury and Sag, but it's a little chaotic. <laughs> and then Mercury moves into Capricorn. And this is where we're kind of like, okay, it's time to think through the plan. It's time to communicate the plan. It's time to think about the long-term vision. Um, it's interesting. I was looking through celebrities who have Mercury and Capricorn. Some of my faves include Steve Buscemi. Oh, also all these people are also the sun in Sagittarius with Mercury and Capricorn. So we have Steve Buscemi, Jane Fonda, <laughs> um, Jim Morrison, Billie Eilish, um, Osho, um, and we of course have uh, everyone's favorite, Taylor Swift. <laughs> um, and, you know, Mercury in Capricorn or Mercury in Aquarius, you know, Mercury in Saturn sign, there's a little bit of kind of a like people who have that placement. It's like you communicate in this Saturnian way. You maybe feel like an old soul. You maybe there's something where um, the way you communicate, the way you speak is a little bit more. Uh, it's a little bit more brief and it's a little bit more like I'm only going to speak when someone's ready to hear me. I'm only going to speak when I know I've crafted what I want to say. Um and even these examples of people who have this Sagittarius sun and maybe are thought of as a little bit more wild child, a little bit more sort of creative and out there, especially someone like Billie Eilish, there's still like the communication is is much more specific and Saturnian. Um, and again, it's like it's like when you're younger, it almost feels ahead of its time. And when you're older, it almost feels like again, with everything with Capricorn, I feel like there's this Benjamin Button thing where it's like. The older you get, the younger you are. Um, and I'm now realizing that, of course, Steve Buscemi, there's a Steve Buscemi meme of how are you doing my fellow kids, which is pure Mercury and Capricorn culture. So we have that shift on Friday and Mercury is actually going to station retrograde in Capricorn later in December. So we're going to have a long period of Mercury and Capricorn. 
And during the retrograde, Mercury, Mercury will actually dip back into Sagittarius, and that's when things are going to get a little hairy. <laughs> but while Mercury is in Capricorn, Mercury is making some really productive um, aspects that I feel like are going to feel very generative and almost harken back to the Mercury retrograde in Virgo that we had back in um, August and September. There's something very productive about the plans we're working out and the stories that we're telling. Um, after Mercury goes into Capricorn at 9.31 a.m. on Friday, at 11 a.m., we then have the moon go into Leo. And this is where I kind of feel like this is where the party gets started. Because after the moon goes into Leo, the moon then spends the whole day on Friday forming a trine to Mars, which is a very active... Um, excitable, a lot of movement happening in that. And, you know, the moon is in a fire sign. Mars is in a fire sign. The sun is in a fire sign. This is very like, okay, we're moving and grooving. And, you know, we're, we're back. We're back in action, essentially. Um, so Friday, I think even though it's going to start off a little uncomfortable, it's going to get better as the day goes on. And I think Friday night is going to be a really fun night to go out, to hang out with people, because then overnight, Saturday in or Friday into Saturday, the moon is still in Leo at 12.44 a.m. Eastern. The moon squares Jupiter, which is a beautiful, sort of enthusiastic, optimistic, um, you know, it's a very like get together with your friends and have a good time party vibe. Um, and then 6.44 a.m. on Saturday, the moon trines the sun. So that's where... Um, we are finally starting to come down from that full moon overwhelming energy by the time we get there. But also with the moon in Leo and the sun in Sagittarius, there's this real um, productive fire sign, things are moving energy happening there to start off Saturday. And then at 10.27 a.m. on Saturday, we have Mercury sextile Saturn. So this is where it's like, okay, Mercury is like, here are my ideas. Here's what I want to communicate. Saturn's like, great, let's package it. <laughs> and this is, you know, Mercury and Capricorn working with Saturn and Pisces. And I think Capricorn and Pisces make a great team. They're really um, sympathetic to each other. They're really, they complement each other really well. Those two signs, they're both very big picture worldly thinkers, you know, Capricorn is the seagull and Pisces is the ocean. They need each other, you know, Capricorns live in the ocean with Pisces. Um, and I just think there's this sense of like, you know, having the Capricorn sort of high quality plan along with the Pisces dreams that's really being solidified with this Mercury sextile Saturn. Then we go on to Sunday, go into Sunday the 3rd. The moon is still in Leo. Um, overnight, Saturday into Sunday, we have the moon square Uranus at 3.12 a.m. Eastern. So Saturday night, I think, is going to feel like a really fun night. That's uh, It's going to be fun to go out. You might do something unexpected. It's like a, a Saturday night might be a good night to like try something new, try a new restaurant, go to a movie you wouldn't usually go to. Go on a last minute first date, um, and thing, and there's just like that sort of twist of twist of something unexpected happening with the moon square Uranus. Then on Sunday morning at 8:29 a.m. Eastern, we have Venus square Pluto, and so Venus is the planet of love. Pluto is the planet of death and rebirth. 
and power. Venus Pluto aspects can definitely be obsessive, can definitely be intense. You know, we already had Venus conjunct the South Node this week that I really think is doing a lot of work to clear away what isn't meant for us so that we can choose ourselves, so that we can thrive, so that we can give up people pleasing behaviors. Venus square Pluto is kind of the temptation <laughs> to go right back into the bad relationship with your ex or to cyberstalk or to send a bunch of messages or to like go poking around in a place where you shouldn't be poking around. Um, but it also can be very, again, very clearing, very healing. It can be an aha moment of like, oh yeah, this is not meant for me. <laughs> this this thing is not meant for me. Like I am obsessive about this. I am intense about this. Like this isn't how a relationship should feel, how love should feel, how a project should feel, any kind of connection should feel. Um, and so that sort of intensity is hanging over the day on Sunday. I do also want to say, you know, we have this Venus conjunct the South node this week and Venus square Pluto. I think we'll be feeling both all week. And on a sort of global world collective scale, you know, the last, or not the last time, but back when Mars, who is, you know, very connected to Venus, <laughs> Venus brings things together, Mars tears things apart. Back when Mars went into the South Node and then Mars squared Pluto, that was back at the beginning of October. And that was when, you know, we began the conflict in Israel and Palestine and this crisis started happening and um, everything got really elevated very, very quickly. You know, Mars square Pluto is like, you know, obsession with war, obsession with conflict. It's, you know, really like, uh, you know, moving forth with great power. And, um, Venus being in Libra, I really had, you know, hopes that that would bring more negotiation to the table, you know, more talk of ceasefire and compromise to the table. And I do think that some of this Venus on the South Node and Venus square Pluto, I don't think I, I, I can't say I think, you know, I don't think this conflict is, is anywhere close to completed or will be completed this week. You know, that's not how, that's not how this works. But even though these aspects are more intense and maybe more like melancholy for Venus on a, you know, Venus is also a planet of war. Venus is a planet of strategy. And I do think on a kind of global scale, on a negotiating scale, on a, the way we relate as humans in an interconnected way scale, these aspects are um, an interesting omen of like finding new ways to negotiate and come to an agreement and, um, you know, let go, you know, on a, on a nation level for some of these nations, you know, uh, step away from like your own desires and consider the desires of others, consider the needs of others, consider the interconnectedness of the world, um, I think these aspects speak to like more compassion in a way, more humanitarianism in a way. And I really hope that this week does bring, you know, if not complete resolution, like sense that peace is possible, sense that resolution is possible. 
Um, and I think that will be really clear throughout the second half of the week after we have this sort of very confusing full moon to start the week. Um, after we have that Venus square Pluto on Sunday morning, the moon is still in Leo and the moon spends the whole day forming a sextile to Venus before going void. And I love that we're sort of ending this um, moon in Leo transit and also coming to the very end of Venus's time in Libra. Venus will move into Scorpio on the 4th. So we'll talk about that next week. Um, but the moon sextile Venus seems like this button of compromise and negotiation and maybe finding ways to come together both on a global scale and on a personal scale. Um, and the final aspect for the week is that at 10.50 p.m. on Sunday, the moon enters Virgo. And um, now we're going to have, that's going to be a, a, a big vibe shift um, because the, the earth signs will kind of take the wheel to lead us into next week. Whereas this week we were very, you know, air sign heavy at first and then very fire sign heavy. Um, so hopefully, um, next week there'll be able, there'll be pockets of a little bit more groundedness. Um, and so just to go over the big aspects for the week on Monday, the 27th, we have the full moon in Gemini and we have Mercury square Neptune on Wednesday, the 29th, we have Venus conjunct the South node on Friday. The first we have Mercury entering Capricorn on Saturday the 2nd, we have Mercury sextile Saturn. And then on Sunday the 3rd, we have Venus square Pluto. Wishing you all the best this coming week. Um, remember, if you're listening to this on Sunday or Monday, you can book readings. You can buy gift cards on my sale. The link is in the show notes. And I'll talk to you next time.